Digital Marketing Radio, episode 124, Monetizing Yourself. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Today's episode is brought to you by Aweber. Build your email list, engage your subscribers, do email the right way. I've arranged a special deal for all Digital Marketing Radio listeners, and that's a 60-day free trial with the email marketing software provider I use, Aweber. Lock in your 60-day free trial, plus view a video I've recorded on the three reasons why I use the service at aweber.com slash DMR. So just go to aweber.com slash DMR to get started today. The Big Interview with David Bain. So today I'm pleased to be joined by someone who's built a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world. A lady who's number one best-selling author, podcaster, speaker, and adventurer who believes everybody has the right to choose freedom in business and adventure in life. Welcome to DMR, Natalie Sisson. Thank you so much for having me. And I love the radio voice. I need to put mine on now. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I look forward to hearing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you here. Well, you can find Natalie over at suitcaseentrepreneur.com. So, um, Natalie, monetizing yourself. Can anybody monetize themselves online? I think within reason, yeah, you ex- absolutely can. Okay. And within reason, that was a, an interesting caveat. <laughs> okay. Does that, does that mean it depends on the capability of the person? Yeah, I think it depends on the belief they have behind them and their skills and their talents and their existing knowledge as to what they want to monetize. So I actually just did a live Periscope on how to add different revenue streams and a few days ago, and it really got me thinking. So a little bit like, should I be an entrepreneur? Not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur, um, but if you are and you feel that you can monetize yourself, then obviously this is going to be a great topic for you. So I, I always very, have a caveat in there, I think. Yeah, and I was very interested in terms of your description of the person there, that the first word you used was belief. Is that is that the most important thing? Mm. I think over the years of being an entrepreneur, it's definitely come down to that for me. Because if you put your mind to whatever you want to achieve and you have full belief and focus behind that, you can basically achieve anything. Um, But there's so many doubts and fears out there and people undermine themselves and they say they're not good enough and they do all these wonderful things to sabotage themselves from being successful. So ultimately what it's come down to for me is if you want to be successful, you have to believe in your vision for what it is that you want to create in life and business. Okay. Um, now, um, this is going to be a probably a difficult uh, next question um, because I'd like to focus on negativity. What what type mm. of person isn't suitable then to monetize themselves online? Um, once again, I think sorry, who probably is unsure of what they already know and doesn't necessarily see the value in what they know and their current skills. So I work with a lot of people who are like, well, I can only do this and this. Why would anybody want to pay me for this? Or how could I create an offering or a solution for people that they'd actually like? Who am I to be this person to do that? How am I going to beat out the competition? Oh my gosh, there's tons of other people doing this. So typically when I hear that, um, you know, they either have to change their attitude or mindset, which sounds it's not easy to do, I appreciate, but they either have to say, no, you know, I'm going to step up and be this person and there is a niche for me here and there is an audience that wants to hear what I have to hear. But if they're not prepared to do that, then there's not a whole lot that I can help them with on that front. Okay, okay, that's interesting. So it sounds like what you're saying is um, they might not be right at that time, but perhaps they could be right at some point in the future when they get more Absolutely. of a belief yeah, about themselves. Yeah, 
And that comes with time, right? You probably know that as well, Dave. But I mean, when you first started the doing this, you that yeah, absolutely. had lots of like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here, et cetera. We all do. Like anytime I run a live webinar or write another book or create anything new or go after a new project, I always have those same doubts and fears. But um, I'm just probably better these days at pushing through them and knowing what I can achieve. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of love doing something that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because it, it, no, it makes me feel that um, I'm actually improving more quickly. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you've, you, you've obviously done that lots as well. Um, yeah, so, so um, a lot and then continued on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to fail quickly, or, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, um, if someone is focused on really monetizing themselves by building an income themselves and uh, perhaps even living some kind of virtual lifestyle. Um, what's a realistic timescale from going from nothing to maybe making enough to be able to live on on a full-time basis? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it depends on what you need to live on on a full-time basis. So as somebody who's traveled the world for the last five years, Traveling full-time is actually a lot cheaper than people think because you don't have all the overheads of like mortgages and cars and community sports and events and utilities and then suddenly all these other things like buying stuff. So you can live quite cheaply if you really want in different parts of the world. Obviously, some are more expensive than others. So if you were to set something up and at the same time move to another place that was more affordable so that you could start during that time and have lower expenses, then really it just comes down to what do you need to survive and hopefully thrive each month and then based off that you can figure out how much you'd need to earn and what type of a business um, you could start with and and how long it's going to take for you to build that income up and I think something that I'm seeing people do more and more these days is if they're in a job um, is to start a side hustle or something where they're earning freelancing um, income on the side and they know that when they go to take that leap and quit completely they can cover it with the income they're getting from that side hustle or freelancing job. I like that phrase, side hustle. I think that's uh, that's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> it also made me think what you said about um, the fact that traveling can actually be cheaper um, than staying in one place. But mm -hmm. I mean, I've been particularly bad about um, having <laughs> high overheads by staying in places like London and Sydney and uh, mm -hmm. maybe should be off and traveling in different places and uh, not having to make as much money really to, to stand still. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, so that was um, th that you're saying that it can can be easier than you think to actually get started and, and, and start traveling. But what are some of the initial steps to get started? Do you think someone's got to actually dis decide specifically what business to be in? Or do you think it's more about um, starting a blog and maybe getting content out there to begin with and, and finding a niche after you start writing and, and, and building that content to begin with? Uh, well, I always get people through my freedom plan to look, first of all, it's like if you could wake up tomorrow morning and be anywhere you wanted, doing whatever you wanted, what would that look like? Because the minute you get clear about what your perfect day looks like, you get pretty clear on what type of a business and what type of work you're really wanting to do. Now, some people in that day want to work all day and work on their their passion project. Others don't even have work factored into that. So that gives you a pretty quick solution as to what's going to work for you. And whilst I went the blogging route initially, which was really building up a brand and credibility online and becoming an educator and then learning how to package that information, education and my teaching into products and programs, it's not for everybody. If you're not particularly um, if, if you don't like being in front of people or if you just prefer to be hunkering down and building software and applications, there's all sorts of different businesses that are suited to you. So I always say look at a business model that's going to support your chosen lifestyle, whether that's active revenue streams like doing live things like this, events, 
workshops, whatever it may be, speaking, teaching, or you may have um, residual income which is coming in from something you've created and now continues to pay out each month without too much effort aside from marketing, et cetera. So ultimately it totally depends on the person. And the cool thing is these days I think you get to shape your business around what you love to do much more easily than you used to be able to when you had overhead costs and brick-and-mortar businesses and all those things that went with it. And is it best to actually cut the ropes, cut the ties from your your work and jump in there and try and do this on a full-time basis or to start part-time if you actually have a job and, and try and build up income while you're doing that? Well, I love to jump, as somebody down here put, jumping edges as a sport. So I love jumping off edges and just going for it. But that's that's how I best thrive because I know when I give myself no safety net, I have to make it happen. But I do appreciate that's not for everybody. So um, I do suggest that you have three to four months sort of income or deposit or whatever it is, money up your sleeve, that if you weren't to earn anything at all for three to five months or so, you'd be okay. You wouldn't be panicking. You wouldn't be... Um, getting upset or frustrated or or worried. But at the same time, there's a certain um, goodness to having this impending deadline of when you're not going to have an income anymore that makes you work harder and makes you uh, really get stuck into building a business that's going to work for you. So it totally depends on your risk aversion. But I think people could jump more quickly sometimes than they realize. And as you mentioned earlier, it's all about failing fast, failing fast, failing often, and then you start to see what's working. So, I mean, looking into what you've done in the past, um, it, it looks like you, you got started quite quickly by doing your own events and um, doing that quite quickly, quite successfully. Um, mm-hmm. If um, you were getting started just now in 2015, would you yeah. do exactly the same thing again or would you do something slightly differently? Great question. Uh, that is a really great question. I think I'd probably do something similar. I would, you know, skill myself up in an area that I really, really enjoyed and found that I had... Um, a decent amount of knowledge in and I'd acquire more knowledge I'd look at learning more I'd start teaching people and I'd probably do it in a physical environment because the reason that I love holding live events or workshops or trainings um, is that you get to be the teacher and you get to see what the students are needing but also it's a great way to focus in on what they're really saying to you what they're struggling with that you're teaching them what else they'd like so essentially they can help you build out your program your product your course whatever it may be and I love testing that in a live environment before then doing it as an online program or if I'm doing it initially as an online sort of offering I love to do pilots and betas just like blabbers and beta just you know like just test first and test Mm. with that minimum viable product and then go from there so I think I would do something very very similar again And to put it in perspective, you know, I adore dogs, which is great that I'm house-sitting and dog-sitting right now. And I actually do want to start my own um, dog-related business. And actually, I want it to be a physical business, which is really ironic given everything I've done up until now has been online um, with ultimate freedom to travel. But there's a part of me that wants an online aspect and an offline aspect. So there would be a whole lot of steps that i take to launch that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I just, after the research and testing my community and interviewing them, I would just throw myself into getting it started and learning from there. Do you think having an online business with an offline aspect actually makes that business more secure? Or is it just because you would like to do that kind of thing? I think it makes it more fun. I think it makes it more challenging. And I think it gives you avenues for creating different revenue streams and different options. So at any point, you may just want to go 100% online, or you may decide that actually you want it to be um, never. I don't think you should ever be offline. It's just too invaluable these days. But you could make it more about um, using the online presence to drive foot traffic or visitors to your physical 
business. So I think both of them work in. And once again, it depends on your personality and what type of business model you're wanting. If you want to be fully free to travel everywhere, then online is is definitely the way. So how has the way you promote your own business changed over the years? Um, it sounded it sounds like you you were very successful in social media initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that evolved slightly? And um, are there other sources of traffic that are more important for you nowadays? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? So I used to be just learning as much as I could about the main social media platforms because we were building a tech company um, on a social media platform, Facebook. And so I was trying to learn every single way to use social media to drive new business, attract new customers on zero budget. And then I started applying that to my own business and other people's businesses. So that was something that I loved back then, but I feel I've evolved way more than being what was back then, a social media coach. Um, So these days I feel I'm more about lifestyle design, and um, you know, building a solid, profitable business that truly resonates around you and is about monetizing you at the end of the day. Um, so it has evolved quite a lot. And I'm probably I'm not lousy on social media at all anymore. I've just become a little lazy, you know, as you can. There's always new platforms and you kind of get used to your own strategy and you need to shake it up from time to time. So attempting to do that right now with my 30-day periscope challenge and being on Blab and just testing out new strategies that work and coming back to relearning some of these theories, which I think is a great thing for anybody to do at any time. You should always be curious and learning and upskilling. So when it comes to social media, how much of it do you do yourself and how much of it do you outsource, if any? Yeah, it's a great question. I do all the personal interaction stuff myself. So um, I have a virtual assistant, Angeline, who's been with me for two years. And whenever a podcast goes up, she has several tweets that she writes herself based off my kind of voice now and what she knows. Um, And she schedules those out for several weeks out. We use Hootsuite to schedule out more and more of those. Um, I have a sort of a tweet old post plugin on WordPress that tweets out content from the past, which is usually really valuable. So it just brings it back to people's attention. So we have a really good system there whereby some of that kind of regular consistent uh, marketing and sharing of content is done by her. But anything that's like a an in-depth sort of post that I put out, something personal where I'm putting up photos, I will do myself and I'll typically do it from Instagram and share it to Facebook and Twitter, or I'll do it from phone apps, etc. So we've got quite a good meshing there. And if it's engaging and replying to people, comments, etc., that's always me. I've made a note of that tweet all um, plugin that you use actually, because I've heard a lot yeah. about Meet Edgar, and it sounds as if it does mm-hmm. something similar there, but integrated within WordPress. Yeah. So um, Edgar is actually designed by Laura Rhoda, one of my friends, and I think she's done a great job there. And I think it's a smart solution for finding great content related to what you're putting out already as well as scheduling out your own posts it's a bit like Hootsuite Mm. but potentially more advanced and more refined and exactly who it's targeting haven't tested it myself yet but most people I know who are using it really really like it okay um what are a few of the strategies that used to work very well for you but um you're not doing anymore because you don't think it's the right thing to do anymore that's a great question I mean I adored Facebook when I first got on it. And these days it's much more pay to play. So uh, my own personal Facebook profile and, you know, me as a user gets a ton of interaction. Like I posted something the other day about uh, my dad being back here and me making a decision to stay back home in my home country for a while. 
buy an apartment and just kind of why that means a new type of freedom for me. And it got a huge amount of interaction and a ton of comments. So I find my personal profile is now these days more useful than my Facebook page where you have to kind of pay to be seen or put great content in front of people. I've become less inclined or enamored with it, even though I'm constantly sort of working on different strategies and looking at other people and what they're doing right. And I see Twitter, even though I love Twitter, I see people talking about it now going, Twitter's dead, Periscope's the new Twitter or Instagram's the new Twitter. So at the end of the day, I always look at what's sending the most traffic to my website, which is still Facebook and Twitter. Um, where do I want to put my strategy? Where do I want to put my effort? What do I enjoy using? Because if you're not enjoying using a platform, then you probably shouldn't be on it. Um, and where are my audience, more importantly? Uh, so as long as you've got those things going down, like where are your audience, which ones do you enjoy using and which ones are actually getting you results, then I think you can make your decisions based around that. Yeah, I completely agree with you about um if you're not enjoying it, then what's the point in being on there at all? Because it, it, it used to be so common in digital marketing that you tried to syndicate on every single platform possible and mm -hmm. tried to be on everywhere. And um, certain platforms uh, re resonate more closely with, with certain types of individuals. And um, you're not going to get on with um, everyone. So if, if you narrow in on, on, on what you like and what you're good at, then you could do a, a better job interacting, obviously. And that, I mean, that, that's what I'm finding out myself you know after a few years obviously and you're nodding away there as well as um, <laughs> having experienced that obviously as well it's it's, exactly. it's funny what you're saying about Facebook as well you know because I completely you know feel what you're saying there I, I don't particularly like using it that much I think we, a lot of us have had that experience of of setting up pages and seeing that organic reach going down just a little bit uh, or more than a little bit over time um, yep exactly one thing that a couple of um, friends of mine have, have persuaded me to do recently is actually set up a, a Facebook group rather than a mm -hmm. Facebook page uh, because there appears to be more interaction there. Is that something you've experimented with at all yourself? Yeah, so for my Freedom Plan program, um, I actually have a Facebook group for the sort of the VIP area. And it's fantastic for engagement and creating community and getting people to answer questions and ask questions and post their results, etc. Um, the only reason I'm tending to go away from Facebook a little is that I don't own Facebook. I don't own the data. They could shut down my group at any point. I could have built up an incredible group with amazing members and they could take it down in a moment due to whatever they feel right. Now, they probably won't at this stage, but I've started my own forum for my Freedom Collective community through a forum platform that I own, that I have ownership of, that I can manage and will never, ever be taken away and has Facebook-like features. So um, people are used to it and they enjoy using it. The interface is great. Um, but coming back to your question, yes, I see people using Facebook groups really well. And some of my friends actually at Screw the 9 to 5, which is a great brand, they have a free Facebook group that anybody who's joining their group, anybody who's joining their list can go into. And they really nurture it and they really use it well. And it's great for business for them because they're seen as the kind of go-to people. They then run free webinars. They get more of those people in that group to then sign up to their products and programs. So for them, it's a very smart strategy, but it takes effort. And they're putting out a ton of free content all the time and they're answering questions all the time, all for free. Um, so you have to know that you do have something off the back of it that that Facebook group can help you with um, in business as well. So for those of you listening to the audio recording of this, um, possibly on iTunes afterwards, uh, we're recording this live on Blab. And uh, not only are you providing great content um, verbally and uh, 
you know, um, <laughs> face to face here, obviously. Um, you're writing tips here in the chat room as well, saying be <laughs> consistent where you show up and be useful and add value. That's just uh, very impressive there. That's your first time in Blab as well. Imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I love interact. This is my this is my jam, though, right? I love being live with people, and I love the questions that have been put up here, and the interactions, and the comments, and all the people joining, and these little. Hands that are clapping, I don't even know what props, that means, but it's props. awesome. It's props, Absolutely. oh, it's yes. props. Okay, it's like hearts <laughs> on a periscope. So, yeah, it's just neat to see it, and I think that's really important. If you're wanting to communicate with people and learn from them and engage with them, you absolutely have to understand and know the platform. So, yeah, first time here, but it's fun. I like it. And you're winning in props as well, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. which is oh, obvious. You know, you're <laughs> offering so much great content. Uh, so, uh, one more question in this section, um, which is um, in terms of what you've done, you've been very successful in creating a nomad type lifestyle and um, earning you know decent income while doing that. Uh, do you think that will be just as easy in five years' time, or will it get harder in the future? Great question. Can we give props to David for that great question? Um, I think. <laughs> In some ways, it's going to be easier because the tools, um, the technology, and the amount of people who are used to doing business online and using those things to sort of get ahead and be more visible is going to be even more accessible and user-friendly to people. At the same time, there are just more and more and more and more people entering the market and using that. Um, so you're going to have more competition and people who are more au fait with it. So I think you've always got to keep ahead of the curve and the trends like using new platforms like this um, and understanding what the next step is for people. So if enough people are au fait with using social media and online tools and building online businesses, for example, then you need to be kind of a step ahead in teaching them the next step. Is it advanced skills? Is it looking how to merge and um, collectively put all those things together? Is it looking at ways to disconnect from all this technology? So that's the only tricky thing I'm seeing. Like I'm in the business of helping people to monetize themselves, to build a business they can take anywhere and, and really that supports their lifestyle. And what I've started five years ago in this, so I'm kind of old school in it and one of the I would hope these days sort of more leading authorities in this area but every single day I'm seeing more and more people join in going make money online do this and I'm like but you have no credibility you have no background you have no experience in doing this yourself how can you kind of stand up there and do that so it, it frustrates me and it makes me want to not move away from everything I've taught because I fully believe in it but become even more credible and look at ways that I can make more of an impact without necessarily remaining in that industry in the same way so just continuing to lead and push the boundaries okay great answer i mean it's so hard to actually imagine what the digital world will look like in five years time we've got tools like blab and periscope that have suddenly appeared over the last six months and six nine months or so so it's it's incredible to think what might happen and as you said as long as you stay one step ahead of um who you're teaching if that's what you're doing then i'm sure there'll be some way of driving a revenue stream from that if, if that's what you want to do exactly Lovely. Huh? Well, let's um, segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what software <laughs> do, do you currently use in your business that if someone <laughs> took away from you would significantly impact your marketing success? Look, you got props for that. Um, I, got, I got props for sticking with that while you're giggling away. That's why. <laughs> um, great question. I, there's probably about five tools that I use religiously on a daily basis that I think I would I would miss. Um, I like to keep my business pretty lean, but Asana is one of those. I've called it Asana for the last year and a half, and then I found out that it's actually Asana. So Asana is my daily sort of task management tool. It keeps my team on track. It keeps me on track. It's where I basically go in and put all my 
key activities and priorities that I have to do for the week. It's I've already heard it being with... called asana. Yeah, crazy, huh? Well, it's asana apparently, which sounds more yoga-esque. Um, but it does make you feel incredibly in control of what you're doing. It is a brilliant way to keep on track of your team and what they're doing or other people if you're working with other people. Um, and I just love it. It's free. It's fantastically useful. It syncs in with my Google Calendar and it's a great user interface. I'm not sure why they redesigned it recently, but hey, they've changed colors and it's still awesome. Uh, so that's one of them. Uh, PayPal ironically sounds odd, but you know, every single payment that I receive comes in from PayPal. I've used other payment systems in the past, but I've had my business account for several years. I use it for merchant account as well. And I love the app that I can use on my phone and check in on things. It's the way to get paid and to send and receive money. And I just love how easy the functionality it is. And for people who are starting a business, you can literally just have a page and a page. You don't even need a website. You can just send somebody a PayPal link in an email to get them to buy something from you, which I think is pretty incredible these days. Mm. Um, and I know everybody says Google, but honestly, Google, I have Google apps. So I have my own email coming in through that. And I couldn't live without Google Drive, Google Calendar, and my Gmail. I mean, it's fantastic once again. I know it's free because they sell all your data and they use it and they know everything <laughs> about you. But the point is, is, Every single thing can be done from that almost alone. And, of course, there's, I guess, there's Google Checkout as well. So if you wanted it, that could just be the one tool that you live from, which blows my mind. Oh, wow. Lots of um, tools there. Uh, have you got more to mention there? I've got tons more, actually. I think that I would. I'm really loving Time Doctor. So for those of you who are pretty crap at monitoring your time or wondering where it goes, um, Time Doctors, it's not free, but there's a free monthly trial, like almost every software app. But I really like it because I track my time and I've been starting to do that again, not in a big brother kind of way, but in a, oh gosh, did I really just spend four hours on email and one hour on Facebook instead of this, this, and this. Mm. Um, so it actually, it literally shows you exactly what you're working on when, and you can start to see patterns and how you use your time. And time is pretty important and precious to all of us. So I like knowing where I'm being less effective or more productive. And I also track my team's time through there. Once again, not in a big brother way, but just to make sure that they're not spending too much time on something that they don't need to be or how I can better use their time and assign them different tasks. So I think for those of us who have no idea about where our time is going, it's a great way to actually really have a big like look at what you're doing and make sure that you can improve on that. In a big sister way, not a big brother way, maybe. But. Exactly, in a sisterly caring way. <laughs> uh, here's a slightly more challenging question. What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Good question. Uh, either HubSpot or ClickFunnels. So from a digital marketing point of view, you probably know both of them. HubSpot mm. is more at an enterprise level and I feel I like my business being lean and mean, but I think I could probably do from some of their expertise there with their software and what they do. And then ClickFunnels, I use Infusionsoft. Um, and I know you have Aweber on here who are also great, but uh, I've used Infusionsoft for a long time, but ClickFunnels potentially might be a contender for using alongside that or replacing what I'm doing. So not quite there for those yet, but probably we'll be looking at them in a few months. Okay, well, you've offered lots of recommendations there. So I'll make sure I include links to everything that you've mentioned there within the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't yeah. you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Ooh, um, I've actually said this quite a lot in my book. I wish that I would have started sooner on everything. So I spent a good six months learning how to 
uh, build a community, how to blog, how to write a great blog post, just every single thing that I could to learn how to build visibility online. I spent a ton of time engaging with people, um, just learning all those skills and crafts. And I think what I was really doing was at the same time avoiding the fact that I had zero revenue streams and no money coming in and that at some point I needed to figure out the figure outable bit, which is how am I going to make money here? So I wish in some ways that I had started sooner on that. But at the same time, six months of no money at all was a really, really great way to light a fire under my butt and get me to take it seriously when I did finally start earning some money through teaching the social media workshop. Um, but I think everybody, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this podcast, can start earlier on things and just back themselves and give it a shot. Okay. Wow. Lots to think about there. I almost want to rewind and re-listen to that actually and take all the tips from there, but I'll do that afterwards. (laughs) Moving on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. 10 quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Good, great. Both. Okay. All right. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Ooh, email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. That wasn't too much of a, a challenge. Um, <laughs> it, 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 you had a bit of a, a grunt when you said email contact form or telephone number. You, you, you went for email contact yeah. forms. So you don't like I, having a telephone number in your website. No, I do. But because I don't live anywhere, I don't actually have one telephone line. I subscribe to Skype paid subscription and I'm happy for people to call me on it. But why I like an email contact form is um, it currently goes to my virtual assistant right now and she can send the important ones to me that I can answer and she can answer the general inquiries and a lot of the crap that you do get through email forms i think depending on your business though if you can offer a phone number and have a real person behind it it's very important in my business it's less important but for um you know major products brands services i think it is really important the ten thousand dollar question so if i was to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business what would you spend it on and how would you measure success I would spend it on Facebook advertising because I know that that's working right now for my business. Um, And I would measure and track the success, obviously, by the Facebook advertising results dashboard, which is pretty crazy and good. And also the number of probably signups to my Freedom Plan program, which is what I would put it towards. Okay. And by Facebook advertising, do you mean um, little adverts on the right hand side uh, in the the, the news um, feed, it's called, (laughs) or retargeting? Um, so I use retargeting, which I think is great because then you're only really getting in front of people who are already interested in what you're doing, um, as well as using other people's pages who are in a similar niche or industry where I know my audience would be as well. Um, and yeah, we do ads where it comes up in the news feed, as well as on my page, as well as um, in other areas. But I think it's always a very customized ad that is leading to a free training Um, or something to that effect. So you're really building up warm leads and engaging with them and giving them value first before you're selling them anything. 
And have you found Facebook ads getting more expensive over the last year or so, or that hasn't been yeah. a problem? It, it has, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot cleverer. I think they they do a lot more for you. I mean, I think Facebook ads when they started were pretty um, pretty basic, um, and now they've become a lot more advanced, and you have a lot more functionality and a lot more ways to track it. At the same time, you're competing against tons more people who are spending your advertising budget there and trying to get a piece of the pie. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, is it best to target people who have liked other similar kind of websites or, or do it by, um, yeah. how, how would you actually target um, people? Well, so I actually have a Facebook ads manager who's really smart at all this, but essentially from what we've discussed in the past is our strategy is liking, um, so targeting other likes of pages who are in a similar uh, industry or niche to you. So for example, for me, it would be people like Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howes, Chris Ducker, Pat Flynn, Laura Rhoda, so people who are, have a similar community, people who are looking for similar solutions to what we provide or like our styles, um, who I know would be engaged with what I'm offering because they've either bought something in the past or they relate to and resonate with what I'm doing. Wonderful tips. Thank you. My number one takeaway. Well, Natalie offered a lot of great <laughs> advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their businesses? Well, aside from getting some really cool, like, your number one takeaway, um, <laughs> insert it into whatever they're doing. Um, my favorite, I guess, quote that I always use to drive myself forward to actually get really impactful work done is to listen to Yoda because I love his do or do not. There is no try. I think at the end of the day, we need a lot more doers in this world, less people going, I'll try that someday or I don't have time for that. So I'm all about taking action. And I think at the end of the day, if you want to make something of your life, if you want to impact people, if you want to do good in this world and leave a really cool legacy, take action and don't put off doing today what you, sorry, don't put off doing tomorrow what you could do today. Lovely. Do or do not. <laughs> sorry. Do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> do or do not, there is no try. Um, that's a wonderful tweet if, if I could just get it right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. Thank you so much for your time and your advice. So, uh, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? So, I'm all over social media, like social media whore, I always call myself. So, I'm at Natalie Sisson on Twitter, on Instagram, on Periscope. And the best place to come and find me is Suitcase entrepreneur.com where I also have a podcast um, and a book and a blog and, and lots of great stuff there and tons of free content wonderful thank you and thank you dear listener for joining us um, if you like what you heard I really appreciate your feedback so just go just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes and please leave an honest rating and review we absolutely fan to hear from you and of course it would help to improve the ranking of the show on iTunes and finally I'm also now hosting a brand new live show every Friday called This Week in Organic so head over to thisweekinorganic.com and you'll actually be redirected to a blab um, where I'm going to be hosting the next live show on every Friday, of course. So that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios. And um, thank you again, Natalie. Thank you.